Would you like to learn the secret sauce to building wealth? Increase both your financial literacy and financial intelligence? You have come to the right place. Welcome to the Wealthy Conversations Podcast, bringing you lessons on stewardship, asset ownership, and entrepreneurship. Here is your host, Dexter B. Jenkins. Hello, welcome to the Wealthy Conversations Podcast. My name is Dexter B. Jenkins, and I am your host. This is episode number seven. And today, what we're going to talk about is wealth building secrets. Uh, found in the book of Proverbs, and we'll also look at two in Ecclesiastics. And I always tell people the first place you want to start reading the Bible, if you decide, decide to do so, is the book of Proverbs, because it has a ton of just practical day-to-day information uh, that you can implement to your lives and have some success. And it talks about every area, including your finances. So I've been a student of uh, the book of Proverbs for the last uh, 20 some odd years or so. And so what I want to do was look at my favorite Proverbs. And like I said, we'll look at two verses out of the book of Ecclesiastics that if you will begin to implement into your finances and implement into your day-to-day life, it will bring you to a place of wealth. Uh, just to give you a little background, I, I stumbled across this years ago. I was at a sales conference and a guy who was speaking that time, he's making over $3 million a year. And one of the things he said is, the best book on sales management that he had ever written. I thought it was going to be a secular book, so, so to speak. But no, he said it was found in a book of Proverbs. And here I am as a young man who had grown up in church and all that and wasn't that much of a Bible reader at the time. But what struck me was he said, it's in the Bible, the best book on sales management he had ever read. And so my mother didn't raise a fool. So what I said is, hey, look, if it's working for him, he's making over $3 million a year. I need to read what he's reading. And so since then, I've been a serious student of these Proverbs. And if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, it's it's the book that was written by King Solomon. Now, King Solomon, some people may know of him, um, but they know, you probably know his father more so than you would know King Solomon. You know, David, King David was Solomon's dad, and he was famous for killing Goliath. And so sometimes when I'm watching athletic events, you hear guys even say, hey, this is a David versus Goliath. So this is a a person who is perceived to be an underdog versus someone who's a superior team. Well, King Solomon was David's son, and he was a man of extreme wisdom. And one of the things uh, he did was he wrote that wisdom down, and a lot of it deals with finances. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read my favorite Proverbs. Some of them I'm going to elaborate on. Some of them I think are pretty straightforward. And I believe that as you listen to these Proverbs, as you make it a habit to read one chapter in the book of Proverbs every day, which I'm going to exhort you to do at the end, I believe that this will be something that will get you on your road to building wealth and reaching your highest financial potential. So the first Proverbs we're going to read is Proverbs chapter 6. You read uh, verses 6 through 8, and it reads like this. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It said, it, verse 7 said, it has no commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. And I've always liked that proverb because it was something that God has placed on the inside of an ant who recognizes that I have to store something up for myself, that there will come a time where it will become winter and I can't work anymore and I need to have something to lay it aside and lay aside for that time. And, you know, I tell people that one of the things you got to look at, man, while you're young, this is the summer of your life. And so you should be working, investing and building your business and doing all different things because you're recognizing that, hey, it's not going to be summer all the time and you need to have something 
uh, I'm something you need to have a lot of something set aside to be able. So when the winter of life comes, when you don't have when you don't want to work and can't work anymore, you'll have something aside for yourself. And I always laugh. I said, listen, you can't tell me that an ant is smarter than you. <laughs> the second proverb I want to read to you is Proverbs chapter 10. And you find that in verse four. And it says just lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. And now one of the keys that, that I'll give you to reading the book of Proverbs is Solomon always contrasts, not always, but a lot of times, he, he'll contrast two people. So he'll, he'll contrast a lazy man here versus a person who is diligent. And so a lazy person, if you are a person who's lazy, it's going to bring you to a place of poverty. But a person who's diligent, a diligent person is one who is steady, who is consistent. They're persistent. They're ones who are doing excellent work over an extended period of time. So if you are a diligent person, it will bring you to a place of wealth. Next proverb we'll read is Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 which is uh, one of my favorite verses as well, says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And it says this without sorrow for it. That's a new international version uh, version of that, of the Bible. Let's read it again. It says the blessing of the Lord does what? Brings wealth and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, if you know anything about this blessing uh, that he's talking about here, the blessing is what they call an empowerment enablement. Uh, you know, I always laugh because I'm a person who likes a lot of the the Marvel movies. And so if you watch any of the Marvel movies, particularly just say the Hulk, you know, when he turns green, there's an empowerment that comes on him. Or Iron Man, he puts on his suit. There's an enablement that he didn't have before. Well, one of the things that happens is when you have the blessing of the Lord in your life, what he does is he empowers you, he enables you, he enhances your ability and that enhanced ability will bring you wealth. And then the last part of that verse says, with no sorrow. And so that means that you, as God has blessed you, as he has graced you, that you will come to a place of wealth and it won't be sorrowful for you. So that's Proverbs 10 and 22. Let's look at Proverbs 11 and 25. It reads as follows. A generous man will prosper and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So what does that mean? A generous man will prosper Let's look at it again. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Now, why is that important? Because the, the general tendency to think is if I give to people, I won't have enough for me. And what this proverb lets us know is that no, a generous person will always prosper. And it said that he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Now, what Solomon is talking about here is the seed of what we call seed time and harvest or sowing and reaping, or giving and receiving, meaning that if you put something in the ground or if you give something out, that is eventually going to come back to you. And so the, one of the things that we all have to fight is this tendency is that when, I mean, in particular, when you don't have a lot, uh, you think that, hey, I need to hold on to what I got. And the key is, no, if, if you hold on to what you got, you don't have room for more to come in, nor do you have the opportunity to release the seed that will bring you into more. And so a generous man will prosper and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Let's look at Proverbs 12 and 11. It says this, he who works his land will have abundant food, but he who chases fantasies lacks judgment. Now, this is what I call an ownership proverb because what Solomon tells us here is he who works his land will have abundant food, but the person who chases fantasy lacks judgment. So I've always said, hey, ownership is a major key to building wealth. 
if you ever heard me talk about, I always said one of the wealth keys is you want to own things that appreciate in value and produce cash flow. Let me say that again. Two things that you want to own. You want to own things that appreciate in value and also uh, produce cash flow. And so when you own those type of things, what it will do, it will bring you to a place of abundance. But on the other side, he says this, he said, he who chases fantasy lacks judgment. And now what's now what does that mean practically in the year 2021 or in the 21st century? Chasing a, a fantasy is thinking that working for someone and you're not either starting your own company on the side or at least purchasing assets that you own, that you're going to be financially OK, that there's going to be someone who's taking care of you. Well, that, that's a fantasy. So the key here is in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11 is this. You have to be an owner. We have to develop an ownership mentality. And if we have an ownership mentality, according to Proverbs 12 and 11, we'll have abundant resources. Got that? Let's look at Proverbs 13 and 7. This one says this one person pretends to be rich. Watch this. Yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Now, uh, there was a song that was written back in, I think, in the I did some research on it. It was written back in the 1950s and it was called The Great Pretender. And it was written by, I think it was The Platters. And so go look it up. It was written by The Platters. One of the things it talks about The Great Pretender. Well, this proverb is talking about someone who is a pretender. Or as we would say, as I was coming up, this is someone who's fronting, you know, who's looking good, but they don't have much. And so what Solomon is saying here is that one person pretends to be rich yet doesn't have anything. But then there's another person who pretends to be poor and has great wealth. And so it's not about faking it until you're making it. It's about you doing the right thing with your finances and doing the right thing with your time in order to not fake it like you're wealthy or you're reaching your highest financial potential, but actually be there. So that's Proverbs 13 and 7. Let's look at Proverbs 13 and 22. This is another one of my favorite verses here. It says this, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. A good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Well, the children's children is our grandchildren. That's what that is. And so what this proverb lets us know is that we should be thinking generational wealth. I mean, I should be thinking about my children, but also my grandchildren. This faulty thinking that some of us have come up under, well, I had to struggle. They should have to struggle too. No, what, no. according to this verse right here, he says, a good man leaves inheritance for their children's children. And so one of the things we should be doing, we should be thinking about leaving not only an inheritance for our children, but also for our grandchildren. I mean, many, probably about three or four years ago now, you know, my wife and I began to start setting aside small amounts of money for our grandson. He's seven years old. Well, he doesn't know anything about that, but well, if that money grows in compounds, he'll be glad that his grandparents did. And you think about if your grandparents had done that, they had thought they hadn't had enough foresight enough wisdom and enough education to be able to do those type of things where you would be right now. Well, I believe what Solomon is teaching us is that we should be thinking two generations down as opposed to just thinking of taking care of ourselves. And then he said, a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Well, a sinner, I'm not going to get down today, but what he's talking about here is that people who look like they're doing okay, but they're mistreating people or they're stealing from it, eventually it's going to find its way into the hands of good people. Got that? So let's look at Proverbs 14 and 4 says this. This is my favorite leadership proverb here. It says this, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. 
but from the strength of an ox comes an abundant harvest. Now, Dexter, you may be saying, what does that have to do with leadership? Well, I learned this, this is many years ago, and I was reading this, and, and what this proverb says to me is that as a leader, I need people. And I'm not calling people oxen, but I want you to make the comparison, make the leap with me in your thinking, that the same thing that can be trouble to maintain or it's going to have to put some effort to make sure it managed well can bring you an abundant harvest. If there's no oxen in the manger, it's empty. Well, that means think about this. You don't have to clean it. You don't have to maintain it. Uh, the manger <laughs> smells pretty good because there are no oxen in there. But think about this. The very thing that you need to maintain, the very thing that at times can be messy, can bring you a great harvest. And it's the same thing with dealing with people because people can be people. Uh, we can be messy at times. And see, but we recognize even in that message is that if we learn how to work together, it can bring us to a place of great prosperity, meaning that we can get more, we can get done, we can get more done together than apart. And so that's what that proverb speaks to me is that recognizing, hey, the same thing that can be a lot of hassle can also bring me great harvest. And recognize this, as I've talked to people all the time, I said, listen, everything that you've ever done that is worthwhile requires some effort. So this thing, I don't want to put out a lot of effort. I don't want to be bothered. No, well, you, you're telling me that you don't want to reach your highest financial potential. You don't want to do well in life because everything that you will ever accomplish in this life is going to require some effort and it's going to require you stretching yourself and coming out of your comfort zone. And a lot of times in managing people and leading people, that's what you have to do. This will get Proverbs 14 and 23. I like this one too. It says, all hard work brings a profit. But mere talk leads only to poverty. Let's read that again. All hard work does what? Brings a profit. So if you want to be profitable, what does Solomon tell us? You've got to work hard. Now, working hard, there are a lot of people who work hard who are not profitable because they also don't work smart. So inside of that working hard, you're recognizing, hey, I'm looking for the best way to get this done. But then once I find the best way to get this done, what I want to do is I want to operate in this thing called diligence. So he says this, all hard work brings a profit, but the mere talk leads to poverty. So the person, again, looking at two people, right? So one person is working hard and smart. One person over here is just doing a whole bunch of talking, or we should say running off at the mouth. And guess what? One person comes to a place of being profitable. One person comes to a place of poverty. Let's look at Proverbs 21 and 5 says this, it says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Let's read that again. The plans of the diligent. So I love this because one thing it talks about is that, hey, and I think I'm, sometime soon I'm going to do a podcast on planning. But one thing he talks about, hey, that if I'm going to be diligent, one of the things I have to do as a diligent person, I have to have a plan in place. I can't run by the seat of my pants or I can't be winging it. But he says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as what haste leads to poverty, meaning this, if I don't take the time to sit down and plan and plot out some things, I'm rushing into something and I don't at least get some counsel on it or I don't at least sit down and put it down on paper or, or thinking through a little bit, yeah, it's going to lead to poverty. And so two people, again, one guy who's diligent, one person is hasty, one is profitable, one is not. Now, so those are all the proverbs that looked at, but I got two books in the, and I got two in Ecclesiastics that I like too, because he wrote proverbs, many of the proverbs, he didn't write all of them, he wrote most of the proverbs, and he wrote two in, the, um, in I think, 11 chapters in the book of Ecclesiastics. So 
Let's look at the Ecclesiastes ones. Uh, there's another one I, I didn't put in here this time, but I'll maybe next time we get together, I'll I'll include that. But let's look at Ecclesiastes 11 and 2. Now, this one is one of my favorite. He says this, invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. Watch this. He said, you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Now, you, you hear a lot of people now talk about having multiple streams of income or multiple sources of income. Well, Solomon was saying this. I mean, oh, my God, this would be way over 2000 years ago. He was saying, listen, invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight for you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Now, think about we're in the year 2021 and we're coming out of this pandemic with the coronavirus and things of that nature. And one of the, the smartest things you could do is have more than one source of income, have more than one stream of income, have more than one river of income, because as Solomon said, you don't know what disaster may come upon the land. So if one source dries up, you got six more. And so I encourage people, listen, everyone underneath the sound of my voice, you should have a goal to at least have a minimum of no fewer than three streams of income, three sources of income. Now, that might take some time. So, you know, your, your job might be a source. And then if you have some property or real estate, that could be a source or uh, your wife working or a husband, spouse working. That's a source. Or you, you got some intellectual property or you got some royalties, rope something. That's a source. And so I want you to begin to thinking of, of having multiple streams of income, multiple sources of income, having multiple rivers of revenue, because it's imperative now that it's I always tell people having one income is too close to having none incomes, which is not good English. <laughs> it's too close to having none income. No, you've got to be always be thinking about how can I have more sources of income and I always say more residual sources of income. And I always define residual income as getting paid off something I did yesterday. And you really want to do that. And, that, and that's when you really have got it made is when you can get paid today off something you did yesterday, meaning there's almost like mailbox money or you, I mean, you go into your bank account and money's being dropped in there and you didn't do anything for it per se that day. You did it six months ago, a year ago, or even many years ago. Let me, let me think about people who are write books and songs and all those type of things and jingles. They've written a book till how many years ago? They've written a song how many years ago? But every time you see their, their song being played on a commercial or some, every time somebody downloads something on Amazon, a book, or sometimes uh, every time somebody goes to iTunes and, and downloads a song, guess what? They get a percentage of that. They're getting paid off something they did yesterday. And all of us need to position ourselves to have that happen to us. But as Solomon said, listen, it's too dangerous nowadays just to have one stream of income, one source of income. You've got to be thinking about having multiple sources of income. Got that? And the last one we'll say today is this. Ecclesiastes 11 and 6, it says this, sow your seed in the morning and at evening, let your hands not be idle for you do not know which will succeed, whether this one or that one. So what is Solomon saying? Solomon saying, hey, is really tying into Ecclesiastes 11 and 2. He said, see what this proverb says to me, oh, Ecclesiastes, well, it's sort of a property just named Ecclesiastes. What, you, what, what you're saying is how can I learn to get paid almost 24 hours a day? He said, because I'm sowing my seed in the morning. But uh, at night, I'm also not being idle. So learning how to always not necessarily physically be working, but learning how to have seed going out and harvest coming in 24 hours a day is something that we all should aspire to. So hopefully, man, these proverbs have begun to speak to you. And, and listen, this is my call to action to you right now. So pay attention <laughs> big time. 
is you start to read one chapter in the book of Proverbs every day. There are 31 chapters in that book. So I don't know what today's, whatever your date is. So usually what I'll do it is I, if it's on, just say it's, you say it's, it's the first of the month. I go to chapter one and I read that whole chapter. The second day of the month, I go to chapter two and read the whole chapter. And if you begin to do that over a consistent basis, what will happen is those principles in that proverb, the new proverb will begin to become part of your belief system and your thought process. And then when you're dealing with the situations of life, what will begin to happen is you'll make decisions because you have the wisdom of Solomon guiding you and directing you. So I'm exhorting you to do that, first of all. And then the second thing I want you to do is, hey, if this has helped you out, please head on over to DexterBJenkins.com where we have some other sources of you know, materials over there, other resources that can help you out. There's a great ebook that I, I wrote some time ago called The Three Ships of Wealth, which stands for Stewardship ownership and entrepreneurship. And actually, I got those three things out of the book of Proverbs and I just adapted them uh, to speak my language. But go ahead on over to DexterBJenkins.com where you'll be able to download the three ships of wealth building, stewardship, ownership, and entrepreneurship. And until next time, this has been Dexter B. Jenkins of the Wealthy Conversation Podcast. Be blessed and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This episode of the Wealthy Conversations podcast has come to an end, but your financial education doesn't have to. Head over to DexterBJenkins.com and access all of our resources, tools, and advice mentioned on today's show. Until next time, click subscribe and don't miss the next show as we continue on the journey toward reaching our highest financial potential.